Isaiah 62. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a burning torch. The nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. Mm. And you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken and your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called my delight is in her and your land married. For the Lord delights in you and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All the day and all the night, they shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. For the Lord has sworn by his right hand and his mighty arm, I will not again give your grain to be food for your enemies. And foreigners shall not drink your wine for which you have labored, but those who garner it shall eat it and praise the Lord. And those who gather it shall drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones, lift up a signal over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow. Man, what an what awesome a passage. passage. Dude, names in the Bible are so awesome and yep. so significant. Yep. Uh, and we see God changing names all the time. And so Abram, his name means exalted father. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't have kids. So there's this irony. And then God promises him offspring. And then for two decades, nothing. Mm-hmm. And Abram, he, he basically debates with the Lord and argues with God, uh, you know, basically saying like, this promise still lies, like unfulfilled. And then God changes his name to Abraham, father of a multitude, mm. which I just think is so cool. Yeah. And then, and then the redemptive story r- really begins there. And, you know, that is just like one of, of many examples. And then we even see Christ, you know, follow and see like in, you know, with Peter and so forth. And so such a powerful city here or sorry, a powerful scene where God renames the city. Yeah. It won't be forsaken. It won't be desolate. It will be my delight is in her married. And and he uses that marriage illustration, which we see really strongly come back in Revelation mm. when we see Wedding. this huge city prepared as a bridegroom yep. for her husband. And, and so, you know, we, we can just really begin to see like the, the big thread of scripture emerge as we read these passages of Isaiah and say, wow, that sounds a lot like Revelation. Yep. It sounds a lot like Luke. That sounds, you know, that sounds a lot like John one. And 
so, so much awesome stuff here. I think the last verse, um, they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out, Love city it. not forsaken. That's so amazing. So what are your thoughts, Bean Dog? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly like blown away by this passage. And I think like the fact that you bring up names is so important because I, you know, in the West, particularly in America, like na- names are important, but names aren't always, you know, connected to identity. Yeah. What we see in the Bible, whenever there's a naming or a new name given, it's it's so, you know, uh, intricately connected or woven in with a new identity. And I think that's what we're seeing here. You know, uh, God is continuing his work of vindicating Jerusalem, making Jerusalem uh, this just this glorious, beautiful, righteous place. He's continuing that from the, the chapter before. Mm. Um, but he's he's continuing that and, and connecting it to this new identity uh, of this better kingdom, this better Jerusalem. And I love how you you know, you brought up the the name of the kingdom before this fallen kingdom of Israel, right? Where, um, you know, that, that kingdom was forsaken as verse four says that kingdom was desolate. Mm. Uh, but now this new kingdom is my delight is in her. And you mm. jump to the end of the passage here and you look in verse 12, the very end, um, this, this new, this, this kingdom identified in a new way is called a holy people, mm. the redeemed of the Lord yeah. sought out a city, not forsaken. And so, it's just so, uh, I think this is important because we are seeing this this identity change um, in the people of God identified with this righteousness, this work of the Lord using a Messiah to redeem a people. Yeah. Have you ever worked in like a restaurant or coffee shop? Oh or, yeah, like, man. The service industry? Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ton of time in the restaurant industry. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> there we go. Oh yeah. Because you like did Chick-fil-A for a little Chick-fil-A, bit. Chick-fil-A, and... Chili's, man. I was Chili's? in the mix, dude. Yeah. Oh, Chili's was my man. one of my first high school jobs and yeah, worked there was. in college as yeah, well. Yeah, it was. Yep. Dude, Chili's. Dude. Being out working at Chili's. I love it. Um, well, you know, I bring that up because we see this uh, promise in verse eight. I will not again give your grain to be food for your enemies. Foreigners shall not drink your wine. And then down in verse nine, but those who garner it shall eat it and praise the Lord. You know, that kind of makes me think about, I've never like made something in and had my enemies take it. Um, but when you, to use like a, maybe a watered down image of what's going on there, like it's one thing to sweat and, and you know, put a ton of time into like making something. Yeah. And then like taking it to a table mm-hmm. or like, you know, making like a really nice cup of coffee and then just like giving it to somebody. And, uh, right. you know, I, I worked for like four months in college. I worked at this like really bougie coffee shop in Birmingham. And, you know, I would make this like pour over. Uh, it was just like the finest like cup of black coffee <laughs> you could. And it was like seven dollars and uh-huh. just like absurd. And then you take it and give it to. Um, you know, the person who just like haphazardly ordered it and then you just watch them dump a bunch of like cream and sugar oh, into dude, it. And it's like, you're not going to taste it. Like, yeah. why did you do it's this? It's like you could have just gotten the drip coffee yeah, and it's like cream and sugar in it. Yeah. That, yeah. And so, but it's one thing to do that. And then mm-hmm. it's another thing to wake up at like six in the morning and make a cup of coffee mm. and like sit down at my kitchen table with my Bible or book and like sit there and enjoy it. Yes. And, or another thing to put a ton of time into a meal and then sit down with your wife, your family and eat. Mm -hmm. 
And that's just what came to mind with verse nine. Those who garner it shall eat it. Mm. There's this idea that in the new Jerusalem, in the new world, we'll no longer just be on this hamster wheel of, and, and you know, for, for a captive nation, it was literally like you were out in the fields working and harvesting and then your enemies would come and put it on the wagon and take it away. Yeah. And, and you'd get your little wage. And yet in the new Jerusalem, like work itself will be redeemed into something where we, we make with our hands and enjoy it. And, and it's just such a rich image. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This, this kingdom is going to be a completely different place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be, uh, um, the people are going to be back to identity. I mean, identified, uh, in, in a new way. Um, you know, I think of the culture today and especially in, in the West, especially in America, it seems like, you know, everybody's sort of clamoring for, uh, some kind of significance in an identity. Yeah. People are looking for identity in all of these different ways, whether it's, you know, uh, through some kind of social tribe or, you know, um, gender or race or whatever it is, people are looking for identity and those things aren't bad in and of themselves, but ultimately they're not, they're not, these identities can't satisfy fully. Mm. But in this picture here, you know, we see, we see that this new identity with, with the Lord, this new identity with the bridegroom is satisfying. I mean, look at verse five, um, it says that the bridegroom rejoices over the bride so that your God shall rejoice over you. This is an identity where the Lord looks at us and he sees Christ's righteousness and he rejoices in us. Mm. And there's just so much peace. It's an all satisfying identity uh, in the Lord. And so, um, you know, we come forward to the New Testament and we see that, you know, we, the church, we're kind of wrapped up in this this new identity. Mm. Um, We've been purchased by the blood of Christ. We've been purchased by his blood through his sacrifice on the cross. And now we've been adopted into this, this family. Mm. And so um, it's amazing. It's awesome. I I love those last two lines. You shall be called sought out a city, not forsaken. And I love it because it applies both on the macro sense to God's people, to the church. But the reason that it applies to the church is because it's true of every single person in the church that, that, you know, Billy Bean is sought out Mm. and not forsaken. Will Carlisle is sought out and not forsaken. And, you know, Jason Byers is sought out and not forsaken. And, And Thomas Nelson is sought out and not forsaken. And when you get all these people who've been sought after, and brought together and not forsaken by the Lord, what do you have? You have the church, you have the, you have the bride. It's amazing. And I just think that that is such, like if we meditate on that and really let that take root in our heart, that changes how we work, mm-hmm. it changes how we live, it changes our desires and our focus. And, you know, I hope that that, that is the type of, church that we are is where, yeah. where we rest in that identity as people who've been sought out by the Lord and, you know, not merely just for the sake of internal peace, but for the sake of being part of God's redeeming work on earth. Amen. And, you know, it, it's just a good reminder. Um, yeah. A few days ago, we read the passage that your, your sins have created a separation between you and your God. Mm. And what we've not seen in Isaiah, it's not, and you are going to find a way to mend that separation, but that God sees it and it displeases him. So he dressed up for war 
and came out to redeem his people. He sought them out and he's going to redeem them and establish them. Mm. So what hope? <laughs> Amazing hope. Yeah, absolutely. Man, well, Isaiah 62, so good. We're going to continue on into Isaiah 63 tomorrow. Till then, for Billy Bean, Bean Dog, <laughs> this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.